I found a plus size green lady I want to poke. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you want to follow up on that story, you can follow us on Twitter <laughs> at the John Hastings. Wait a minute, did that? No, I don't want that in the sting. <laughs> that's, good. that's going in the sting. I found a plus size Korean lady I want to poke. That's going in the sting. Say Jesus your Twitter. Christ. That's the beginning of every episode now. At Dylan Gott, D Y L A N G O double up that T. Uh, you can tweet at us for any corrections, any of that sweet stuff. Thank you so much for listening to the Wrestling Review. Here's the Vader theme. We'll talk to you in a bit. This is episode about Rob Van Dam of the Wrestler Review. I'm Dylan Gott. I'm John Hastings, noticing that Dylan wanted to say the number, but he doesn't know what number we're on, and neither do I. I didn't want to say the number because I never know, and I never will know. Ladies and gentlemen, Rob Van Dam is possibly the greatest wrestler of all time. Put your two thumbs up, Sparker Doobie, because RVD420 just says, I just smoked your ass. Time to blow a whistle and hang out with Sabu. Who wants to get pulled over for weed? Rob Van Dam does. <laughs> Rob Van Dam, everybody, the guy who, wasn't there a rumor that he, like, wrestled high and hurt a bunch of people? I don't think it's a rumor. <laughs> something that happened. Cool. Whatever. Awesome, dude. Whatever. One of a Especially when it comes from the original th- th- song, which was the best. Oh, Walk by Pantera. Yeah. The worst song for a pothead ever. I think it worked because it was slow enough that he could walk out just as slow walk Van Damme does. I, I prefer one of a kind. I well, I really like. All right, we'll we'll talk because he is one of a kind. Um, who else can pull off that tight of a ponytail and yet it never seems to get loose? <laughs> well, all right, but what was his first TV appearance, John? I don't know. It was when he was invited in to do a trick for money for the Million Dollar Man. What? Yeah, you didn't know that? You've, this is on like every Rob Van Dam documentary ever. I had no idea. So he was one of the people that... He got pulled out in like in Michigan. They were in Michigan. Battle Creek? I don't know. Hopefully it was Battle Creek, Michigan. I'm thinking it was Detroit. Or Detroit, because Detroit, not a place. You fucking <laughs> dumb fuck. <laughs> Battle Creek probably is another name for Detroit. But uh, yeah, the Million Dollar Man, someone come out of the audience, do a dumb thing, I'll give you money. And then fucking young Rob Van Dam comes out, just training to be a wrestler, does a dumb thing, Million Dollar Man throws some money, and he's so pumped to spend that money on drugs. Oh, God, yeah. So pumped up. <laughs> then he moves to WCW. I'm going to say this, as a guy who does a fucking lot of drugs, doesn't look like he does that many drugs. Like, Sabu looks like what my soul feels like after a fucking rough night of drinking. (laughs) And Rob Van Dam looks like he's been sipping spring water and doing backflips. Well, Rob Van Dam is also like, I smoke weed. How much weed do I weed? I weed a lot. Like, when wrestling got really big in the late 90s, he was on the cover of High Times as a part of ECW. Like... Oh yeah, no, he was quite open. There's like all the like, I'm not crying. I just smoked a joint with Van Dam, the thing that gets the biggest pop during the ECW One Night Stand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I can't wait to get to that. The original booking of how they were gonna make that happen is so fucking cheese dick. Really? Did you not? You not know about this? No. So the Money in the Bank was originally called the Hollywood Dream Match. <laughs> yeah. And it was a a ladder match, and if you got the briefcase, you could make your wrestling dream come true. And Rob Van Dam was scheduled to win it, and that's how he was going to bring ECW back for one night. That sounds okay. It's better than the way that... I like the way that they did it, which is they just went, we're doing this. Like, it was just like, fuck it. All these guys have pill addictions. Vince McMahon's (laughs) feeling charitable. Let's fuck... Someone get a lot of beer and pay for the music rights for Enter Sandman. Let's go. Yeah, that was really cool that they did that. For all the stuff they did that was, like weird on the i mean the second show more than the first the yeah he had the weakest world title win of i've ever seen in my life okay we're not let's, let's we're not let's, we're we're skipping a bunch let's fucking start we're glossing over the epic robbie v run <laughs> and probably one of it's the crazy sh- that the pillars of like 
pro wrestling were all jobbers in 1992 WCW. If WCW had a fucking crystal ball, you understood that they could have ruined ECW and WCW by yeah. just not getting rid of Triple H, Steve Austin, Rob Van Dam, Sabu. Edge. Edge. Could have hired New Jack. <laughs> they were going to. He was going to be brought in as Master P's heavy during the No Limit Soldier. Jesus fucking Christ! They were going to bring just in. cutting people's faces on not at eight p.m. on TNT. <laughs> this is Master P and what racists think black people are. Fuck! Oh my god, that would have been hilarious. It's why he hates Kevin Nash again. If this this podcast shouldn't be called the Wrestling Review, it should be called Stop This Podcast and Go Watch a New Jack Shoot Interview. It's the second one from the top where he's dressed in all white. Midway through that, he talks about how he just walked up to Kevin Nash at an autograph signing, and Kevin Nash was like, "Hi, New Jack," and he went, "I know what you did." <laughs> <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ! The Dudley Shoot Interview on New Jack is pretty funny, though. What do they say? Oh, they basically accuse New Jack of what he accuses uh, Taz of. Being a pussy? Yeah, just believing he's gimmick. He's like, New Jack wants to talk shit. We have a fucking calendar. Show up. <laughs> That's what he says. <laughs> That's what Bubba says. He's like, but, but it's also two on one. So it's like, you know. Still, my money's on New Jack. My money is on New. My money's on the guy who tried to murder another guy in a fake sport. Well, that happened like four times. <laughs> yeah, but this is the really famous one with the fucking... Oh, Vic Grimes, yeah. yeah. But there's also the Gypsy Joe. There's also fucking... Oh, the Gypsy Joe. And Gypsy Joe's an 80-year-old man. God. I will say this, though. I forget which interview it was, but I was listening to an interview with a guy where basically they talk about, oh, be really soft on him with Gypsy Joe. And it's the first time he's working in New Japan. And then Gypsy Joe just beats the fucking shit out of him. <laughs> <laughs> and then he comes back and back through the curtain and all everyone's laughing cuz that's the, ge- the Gypsy cuz that's Gypsy that's who Gypsy Joe is. That's the prank that they pull on everyone. Someone else got that pulled on him as well. I can't remember who. Yeah, I think it's the same one. No, it's but it's not New Jack, it's someone else. No, it wasn't New Jack, it was someone else. Like I mean, it was it was someone else talking about it. Um, about how their first match in like New Japan or something like that was against Gypsy Joe. For those of you who don't know who Gypsy Joe is, he's legitimately like an 80-year-old man. And he's always been an 80-year-old man, essentially. And he just beats the dog piss out of people in Japan and is over because of it. But it's like this weird journeyman who's made it quite a nice living, apparently, doing just being a fucking hard ass. But that's not what we're here to talk about. We're, we've already diverted into what's becoming a, a classic staple of the uh, Wrestler Re- Review podcast. <laughs> Which is just John not Dylan, talking about the not wrestler. Not talking about who we're wanting to talk about. We've we've introed where he started, but then we talked about New Jack for a bit. Because why wouldn't you talk about New Jack? We'll probably talk about New Jack once an episode. But we'll never actually do one because throughout all the episodes, you'll get one New Jack episode. Yeah, you, gotta put together, you have to edit it yourself to put together one New Jack episode. <laughs> it's like trying to find a really decent RVD match post the, uh, the ECW years. He had a great. He had great ones against Jeff. I mean, let's not throw stones at RVD. Well, well I'm going to throw stones. I think we should. I think we should basically. I'm throwing hash. He's rock. basically no one. All right. Let's uh, until about '96 comes the ECW. Monday five or '96 goes to ECW, and First then they start the Monday. Then he becomes Monday Nate Raw. You're jumping over one of my favorite RVD fucking moments. He's on the barely legal. The uh, first barely legal. First barely. The only barely legal. Um, beats Lance Storm. Yeah. And Lance but, in the if you guys watch that match, the fucking funniest match I've ever seen in my Oh life. my god, it's fucking Lance Storm Lance Storm with a rat tail. Ugh. Lance Storm won't hit R V D in the head with a chair. Like yeah. he does it, but he does it so softly the crowd boos and then R V D beats the shit out of him. Yeah. And the crowd's like, Yeah, that's <laughs> what we came to see. Concussions. And then R V D cuts the weirdest pace promo ever. This is legitimately how he phrases it. Robbie Adam uh, came on this uh, pay-per-view, and now he won. And now he's worth more money here and more money elsewhere. And then he just walks out of the ring. Like, it's just so fucking shitty and awkward and weird. And that sets the stage for later in the night when... And it doesn't make any sense this turn that Taz wins and then Bill Alfonso turns on him and Sabu and Rob Van Dam beat the dog yeah, piss out of Taz. Yeah, I mean that one is always like a okay, like yeah, like I don't understand why because he's cheering for and then the reason for it is he bet against Taz. Yeah, but so he bets on Sabu. 
but he doesn't try and help Sabu in the match at all. No. Like he doesn't. I just don't understand. What he did is he actually put a hundred grand on the fact that the end of the match would be quite confusing. <laughs> yeah, I just wanted to. Just a cigarette man. Oh, I love fuck him. Is Bill Alfonso horrendous? But I will say this. All right, about the RV character. Basically, he comes in. He's kind of, kind of trying to figure out who he is. It's this weird thing where he's one of the few characters, and I think Austin's like this too. Where they're bet. It sounds weird. It's such a small thing. But and I'm not gonna throw stones, so I'll just say when they get less muscle, they are better. Because RVD, when he came into ECW, was still kind of like you could see, kind of still in the body type that most the major two wanted at that time. But then you get to like '97, '98, he loses the muscle. He stops wearing like the weird just tape around the wrists, and he tapes up his both his fists. And you can see he really comes into his own, unfortunately, basically towards the death of ECW. And, they, and they've, they're and they promoting him as... Oh, let me okay, pause you right there. I think the issue at that point is he hits his fucking stride and they lose a lot of legitimate opponents for him. The Jerry Lynn matches are fucking amazing. But the whole Steve Carino thing, he also was really injured. The whole the Rhino thing, for some reason, they put him with Sandman and not doing a Rhino RVD run. Well, that was because of the torn ecl and they were doing obviously they were doing the fucking that was their big match like they have to build up both guys yeah and they never got there because the company folded yeah um i think that rob van dam just going back i would disagree that he found himself i think that he was playing up a heel which was very difficult to do in ecw so when they had him be mr monday night signing being with jerry lawler that's when i first was introduced really to ecw was hearing about this being on monday night raw and he was such a standout character because he was the only ECW wrestler who looked like he could be in the WWF at the yeah. time. Like Taz, in the ring, I don't know if they had smaller rings in ECW, but he never looked that small in ECW. And then he gets to the WWF the first time then when he faces Sabu. And you're like, this guy's fucking barely above the top rope. What a short little piece of shit. Well, he faced uh, Mikey Whipwreck. Sabu yeah. also looked like... There are a lot of wrestlers who I think looked like they're not like they weren't like an indie company is now where it's like all like smaller guys. They were all like guys who were big. They just had something wrong with them. Like for the Dudleys, it was the look, you know. But anyway, you could go over ECW. But R- RVD was the complete package. It just seemed like legit. His like move set and drug use held him back. <laughs> like it was. I don't know I what don't it was. Think that his still. Does he not? It, is he not able to pull off as many of those things as possible? I think part of the problem is his finish and move did involve a chair and then just kicking it into his opponent's face, which is something <laughs> you couldn't do. Well, there's a lot of those in the WWF. I think that his run with the TV title was fucking amazing. Um, and again, I, I think it really hurt him, Taz leaving, because imagine the fucking match, Taz v. RVD. Shane Douglas versus RVD, we never got. like. No, the Taz versus RVD match happened, but it was just like his last commitment to the ECW. He beat Taz, like, really badly. Not oh, really badly, but, like, beat him. Oh, yeah, he did it after Solidly. Anarchy Rules. I forgot yeah. about that. There's that weird thing of he leaves at Anarchy Rules but still is there. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why they... Yeah. As well, because that's just the- fucking... Fucking... Really a lot. No. And he says, like... This is because it's, it's fucking ECW so it's transparent. Put RDV and have RDV... Which is RVD when he's really DVR. angry. Yeah, he's gonna fucking. <laughs> but um, I I don't know. I don't want to talk about really about booking of Taz as he's leaving the fucking company. But I'm just saying that he elevated himself though. The thing is, and there was a subtle change that they did where he's still like even I forget. I think it's a '98 pay per view. I don't know what it's called, but he faces two Cold Scorpio. And he's full on the Rob Van Dam character, like obsessed and Sabu. He's obsessed with himself, and Sabu is uh, angry with him and all that shit because he's so obsessed with himself. And um, he's facing Too Cold Scorpio, and he still needs Fonzie to win. Yeah, like Fonzie helps him, sets him up the chair. He does the whole chair thing. Uh, sorry, he does the back kick off the chair, which is still a sick move. And uh, wins the match, but then he stops really needing Fonzie, and Fonzie is just like a guy who like keeps the match going by holding chairs in front of people's faces and stuff. And 
And there was that whole I, angle where Sabu and Rob Van Dam also faced each other. They had a grudge match at some point, I do recall. Yes. Well, the Sabu RV, RV stuff where they built that up. But that's like you, like you say, like stuff stopped making sense. Like Paul Haven seemed burnt out. It was it was a uh, to me like when I first started watching ECW it was the ECW on TNN stuff. So RVD was really like the guy for that company. Can we just talk about how fucking weird? Like I watched every episode of that. I made my fucking friends watch it with me, even though they all hated wrestling. I was like, shut up, <laughs> shut up, yeah, yeah, shut up, and. It was so weirdly disappointing because for years you just read about it in fucking wrestling magazines or you'd hear tale of this fucking amazing company and then all you'd get, you get this fucking weird watered down, oddly edited, dark buildings. Like you'd expect them like... I, I loved... I, again, I, I get on board with this. I loved every fucking second I, of that I, shit. I'm with you. I loved it too, but I'm just like compared to what we saw, like it lived up... That's what I was getting to. It's lived up because you wanted it to be so good like you were just like desperate for it to be amazing but you look back on it and you're like this is fucking brutal fucking tie-ins for fucking roller jam and shit go fuck yourself get me so a woman and put her through a table <laughs> no man well they did that a ton i don't they know what you're complaining did. about he Bar- they didn't Rhino? actually they only in that era did they only put fucking no. Sab- Sa- uh, Sandman's no. wife through a table Sandman's wife Jasmine St. Clair Don Marie oh Don Marie I forgot about how many times they put her Miss through a table Miscongeniality held someone well another girl legit paddled her I think it was it was either Tammy Lynn was paddling or Tammy Lynn Sitch was getting paddled I don't know which one um, if you're complaining about not enough violence against women on ECW <laughs> then why don't you just complain about more incomplete storylines on Raw, my friend. I've, I just you are you are barking up the wrong abuse tree. I forgot about it. You for, you forgot about the. It, I just it, like to point out that I was making that it joke just melts into your daily Please life. do not tweet at me. I am against the beating of all women. Women should be respected. God damn it. Yeah, I'm against the beating of most women, uh, unless they unless they ain't doing what exactly what Sal wants in the bed. Then you gotta. Then you gotta, then you gotta, then you gotta, then you gotta open the candy jar anytime you can. You know what I mean? No, I wanna, I, I'm gonna, all right, I wanna rewind because this is, this is the whole thing for me. Here's my, the whole reason I wanna do this RVD thing is to get this stupid opinion out, and I am so sorry. But RVD is a amazing character for. Two years, 98 to 2000. You can't do it in a big company, but when RVD is the company, the TV champion, he is... Because the way he wrestles is unapologetically only high spots. And Bill Alfonso acts like... It's like RVD and Bill Alfonso are basically public enemy and not the wrestlers, the rap duo... Yeah, because Bill Afonda is Faye Flav. And he conf and he con and Rafferty so like does amazing things and then just like he'll do he'll do a move, slowly do it. He'll slowly be like, I'm gonna do this fucking move. He does the move, and then he's like, That move is fucking amazing. And then Bill Afonso runs around the ring with with the whistle, screaming R V D, helps him out, does all like basically does all the legwork for him. But you never get this feeling like with other wrestlers where managers help him. We're like, oh, he fucking. The only reason he did that was because of the manager. No, RVD did absolutely everything. It's amazing. Every single one of his moves. Not every single one of his moves. I guess at that time, no. Every single one of his. Every single one of his moves are completely original. I've ne- you've never seen anything like it. Yeah, Rolling Thunder. Um. The unveiling of the Van Terminator, I think, is one of the most brilliant booking things I've ever seen. Where was, I'm trying to remember where that was. I think it was Elk's Lodge? No, who did he shoot? Oh, Scotty Anton. Because he doesn't like... And the thing about that match is, it's not if RVD is going to win, it's what the fuck is the Van Terminator. Yeah. And then he does Van Daminator, hits him with the five-star frog splash, and then he looks at the crowd like... And then there's this thing where it's like, ECW crowds are always fucking... Obviously, they're allotted for this, but always like basically a f- like a mean frat party. And there's this moment where he starts to do Van Terminator, where it's absolutely silent. And then he hits Van Terminator, and the place goes nuts, right? 
and it's like explain what the Van Terminator is. Oh, okay. Well, Shane McMahon stole it and did it with a garbage can. Well, <laughs> basically, Van Terminator, Bill Alfonso, man sitting in a chair, uh, sitting. He's sitting on the one. Yeah, he's in one corner, sitting on his bum bum, and then RVD is in the other corner of the ring, not diagonally across. RVD jumps across, does a drop kick. While Bill Alfonso is holding the chair in the guy's face. And in the WWF, he actually did it really impressively to Brock Lesnar. No, he did it to Paul Heyman, sorry. Holding the chair himself, which yeah. is insane to me. But with his booking, he had this complete... No, I'm just saying that he never had a chance. I'm saying he never had a chance in the WWF because they wouldn't take Fonzie with him. Because obviously Fonzie cosmetically isn't what they wanted. And... But he acts like. <laughs> but I, I listen. I understand why they didn't want Fonzie. I understand everything about it. it's a publicly traded company. You can't have a guy with four teeth that are so yellow on it. I understand why. I understand cosmetically. Blah 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 blah. But you, you're cutting the leg. Not cutting the legs out of character. But you're basically cutting twenty percent off of RVD's character. You gotta have the hype man. You got the confident, fucking cool athlete rapper needs his hype man to make, and he needs the guy who carry all the chairs to keep the fucking, you know, like that was the other so thing much of the ma- so much of the ECW managers were just basically the the wrestler would do the promo, the manager would say a thing afterwards, and basically the function of the manager was, well, someone's got to get the fucking tables and chairs. Yeah, he's the roadie, and not inferred racism like the Dudleys. <laughs> Why does the black man always have to get the tables, Bubba? Why don't you get your fucking ass and get their own fucking tables sometimes? I'm just saying. When he comes to the Fed, though, he's great for okay. about six months. Can we he's over, and then they cut the legs out of him again. this fucking point that they cut the legs off of him before he got there by fucking giving Shane McMahon the Van Terminator. So you're saying that this insane move can be done by a guy. Is the implication? Yeah, yeah so a guy in sweatpants. A guy, a guy who's going to play a charity baseball game. Yeah, a guy who just came fresh from beating Bette Midler in that episode of Seinfeld. Yeah, can do this fucking crazy move. It, and when Shane McMahon does it, it's fucking amazing. Shane McMahon does it really, really well. But by doing it and not by fucking taking it to a guy that you know is coming to the company, you are definitely bringing Virab Van. But you had to have seen that move. It was absolutely unfair and took the fucking legs out from under the guy before he arrived. It. I understand what you're saying. And the thing I, the thing I really always hated about the Shane McMahon doing it is that, that they cheated, because RVD could do it and make it look all right. RVD could do it so well. RVD could do it a hundred percent. Whereas Shane McMahon, they used a garbage can. Yeah. So he could kick the end of the garbage can and then dent the garbage can and then the moves. Whereas RV, whereas RVD's like jumping and then rearing back and getting the full force into the chair. And it's a really smart move because it looks amazing, but like whatever. But you can wedge it in so the guy's not even fucking taking any of the impact. He can kick that fucking chair as hard as he can. Yeah. The guy takes his head back. He doesn't get hit with the chair at all. No, like he just he just kicked a fucking chair really hard. The whole thing looks okay. The way it, the and that's what I was also going to say about RVD and a lot of his moves is a lot of his moves look fucking brutal and look amazing because they are, but they don't really hurt the. But if you think about it, they don't really hurt the guy. If you look at okay, look at the Van Daminator. Yeah. So it's you throw the chair, the guy holds it, and he kicks the chair. Most of those guys, if you angle it right, the Landstorm, Landstorm takes it brilliantly and barely legal. There's ba- fucking Landstrom's head's nowhere fucking near it, but how they time it is so Rob Van Dam kicks the chair and Landstrom fucking rears back, so yeah. it looks like he just fucking got his bell rung. But it didn't. There are a couple of moves that he really definitely fucked people up, like when we do the thing where he'd leap over and just land on the guy he's on a table. That's going to feel like a kiss. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> well, I think the thing that... In the set, when him and Seth were together, crazy, they ate these fucking crazy moves. And the reason why it also worked is they would lie there for a second, like, oh, Jesus fucking Christ. When he unveils the Van Daminator, he doesn't get up right away. He looks, he's on the fucking mat. Like, he took something out of him and he just wanted to show the fucking crap. Check out this crazy chaos. But it makes sense, though, because it's like, you, uh, I mean, Styles used to say it, but it's like every move he does is like a car crash. And two people get hurt in every fucking car crash. Yeah. It's just he's causing it so he can brace himself for it properly is the inference he makes. And 
Like there's moves he no one's done these moves ever again. Like mainstream because they don't think anyone wrestling. really can. Well, yeah, like split leg moonsault is his fucking setup, and he comes from a time where that could be your finisher, no problem. That could be your finisher any fucking time. Like, oh god, yeah, split leg moonsault, rolling thunder, uh, Van Daminator. Um, I don't know the name, but crotch the guy on the ropes, back kick, um, crotch the guy on the guardrail, back kick, the whole thing. So we're now spinning leg drop. Let's get to this. Rob Van Dam coming off of. ECW on TNN is the most over guy in, in ECW. Every fucking wrestling fan was watching that Incredibly good. They just had this shitty fucking business deal and then got canceled for Raw. When What the fuck possessed them not to fucking push that guy to the moon, have him being a face in the alliance? Everyone wanted that guy to be fucking something. Oh, no, he was... So, like, the thing was, when they got... The, it, the only time they booked him really properly and the re- time he really shined in the Fed was winning the hardcore title against Jeff Hardy. What are you talking about? What about when he was a tag t- in a tag team with Kane for literally <laughs> no reason? Well, that was that was part of them just trying to push his head under the water. Yeah, but you're you're totally negating the, when they had literally no reason to be tag team champions but were. It was pretty great. <laughs> but that's the thing though, like and I understand I understand that the Fed the way they do everything is you you go into this formula and this is our formula that makes us fucking half a billion dollars a year. But, but what's annoying about RVD is RVD fit into that formula, even without he really RVD. didn't because you can't. All right, think about this. How how does this work for you? All right, Raw opens. Rob Van Dam walks out with a microphone. Ten minutes. No. Yeah. Exactly. No. No. But that's, but that's the formula. But that did, okay. Um, the formula now. The formula in the Attitude Era wasn't completely that. Okay. Yeah, it yeah. was. He walks out with fucking Fonzie, and he just tells you what the match he's going to do, and he tells you what he's going to fucking do. I don't think he needs to walk out. But that's I, the thing. He doesn't need to walk out at all. Every time he had a Brock promo. Lesnar can't fucking walk out and talk for 10 minutes. So your point's fucking flawed. It's part of it is that they don't want to build someone they didn't create. And they also, his style is also a little rough and it scares people because some people don't want to get in there and risk being injured, even though he's not going to fucking hurt them because he's a spectacular But Brock wrestler. makes sense because he's so like that body type that they'll, they'll mold it around him. And when Brock came in, they tried to do that again. Yeah. It's just Brock has... A fi- so like much a power. five million dollar contract, he was just get me Paul Heyman, so now he can do that. And RVD never had that with Fonzie. Like Fonzie's not a good promo; he's just a hype man. But again, it's one of those things where okay, you are right in that formula. Of he can't walk out uh, in the first ten minutes of Raw and do it. But you put him with a good heel, and you walk have the heel walk out and go, Rob Van Dam's a fucking pussy, and then you just hear, hear what did it get? And he fucking comes out, spinning heel kick, boom, sets up a match for Raw. That's all you fucking needed to see because his one fucking hit move or him even being attacked, he fucking bumped like crazy. And it was so much fucking um, but that's- sympathy was immediately elicited. Look at fucking One Night Stand when Rhino comes out and his fucking face when he's still injured with Fonzie in the ring. And then the lights drop and Sabu comes out. You legitimately, for a second, I'm the fucking markiest mark that ever marked a mark, mark, mark. And for a second, you're like, oh, fuck. Because it's, it's that immediate visceral reaction of you look at a guy who's injured who can do so much, but in this moment, his fucking wing is clipped. Yeah. So you're like, this fucking bully is going to kick the dog piss out of this guy. If he was at full strength right there, you're like, oh my God, I want to see this bat. Like, do you understand? I understand that on the initial raw form of these, you can't come out. You can't do a Steve Austin with Rob Van Dam. You can't smash the glass. He walks out, drinks a couple of beers. But that doesn't mean that with a slight tweak of the system, he wouldn't still be part of that billion-dollar machine. His fucking promos elicited t-shirt chance. The shit he did could be condensed down into nice clips you could put on the Yeah, internet. 100%. All of those sort of things. It's, again, I don't even think that the Fed needed to adjust it that much. It probably was one of those things where they weren't really necessarily wanting to push this guy. I think they wanted to distance themselves from ECW. I think it was easy to put him into a stoner role where he said whatever and dude. And it was just a big, giant waste of money. If nothing else, then, at that time, you have fucking Steve Austin. A Steve Austin-Rob Van Dam match would have been fucking insane. It would have been huge. But the thing is, and there's many reasons to not... But he's the first guy, and this is why RVD is so important, is because he's the first guy of, I think now we're at, what, like 20-something and counting you could probably go through. You could probably, if you did... If we if we just did... um. A podcast called They Missed With This Guy. He's the first guy they missed with. And then it was Booker T and then everyone else. But he's the first guy that they were like, this guy's over. But, and the fans want this to happen. 
but WCW isn't around anymore. Here are the problems with them. We don't want to do it. Yeah. Because uh, and it, it makes sense, and it's the same reason. It sounds weird, but it's kind of the same reason they never gave. And I don't know why they never gave Jake the title. And I'm assuming it was cosmetic too, but one of the reasons where you could point to if I if I didn't want RVD to have the title, I'd be like, well, he's openly a, he openly does illegal drugs, and he will get caught with illegal drugs. And he did when he was the champion. Exactly. But if you with little scrutiny, you but, could just walk into his room and be like, oh, he's doing illegal drugs. He's under arrest. Our champion is a drug addict. Again, I see. Your- Let's also talk about, even before all of that, they already stripped him of the title for no reason when he beat John Cena to become the ECW champion and the WWF champion. There is some conjecture that Paul Heyman had pitched that um, Rob Van Dam throw down the WWF title, and they're like, that's not going to happen. And they weren't sure if Paul Heyman could get to Rob Van Dam. They weren't sure if that plan was already pitched and they were going to do it anyway. Yeah. And they just didn't want that leaking, so they just fucking took it off of him. But for no other reason that... Again, he was always one of those guys who was because of his association with ECW, because even though the fucking company made Vince McMahon so much money, the uh, the the revolutionary ideas and how they presented once it was put into a billion dollar production that was the WWE or WWF at the time created the Attitude Era. I understand that cosmetically there's those problems. I'm not looking for him to be the champion. He's we talked about Arn Anderson in a previous episode. Rob Van Dam falls under that same category. Is he a guy that doesn't need a belt? You just put him in the ring. It's something that the WWF really lacks being able to do. That WCW was great at is that you have a you have matches that have nothing to do with the title. You have Rob Van Dam being a guy that I'm going to beat that guy. Um, I'm going to hurt that guy. Rob Van Dam gets injured, or it's these two guys wrestling to see who's the better wrestler. Imagine you do a, a chain of seven. If you have Eddie Guerrero and Rob Van Dam, you put them in a match. And you just have them go out for 10 minutes on Raw. So you're flicking back and you see this fucking two guys fucking literally flinging around the ring and all that sort of I shit. I just and think... The creative shit they could have come up with in terms of how they both cheated to use the chairs. It would have just been a much more interesting, dynamic way. I understand your point that it isn't within the formula that they use. And part of it does work because they're fucking worth a billion dollars. But I'm just saying. No, I understand. <laughs> I don't know why we're arguing. We're on the same page. We're just proving our points in louder voices. No, I understand though, but like... Opinions! Uh, all right. The thing, the way I think the RVD character works is the way the way it worked in ECW is he. Whereas Arn Anderson is like he'll make it work really hard to beat him. He's the he's the gatekeeper. I feel like Rob Van Dam's character is, and the reason why this TV title was a good way to have him is because he's the human highlight reel. He's like he's the guy who you don't want to see. It sounds weird, but you don't want you want to see him effortlessly beat the shit out of people, and then point to himself, and then talk about weed and go to the back. Like you don't you don't want to see drama. You want to see like essentially you want to see a guy who's just kind of doing a squash match against someone you like recognize every week, and then when you get him, that's why the TV title was good because you can't have that program on top. No, and he became the best part part of the company because he was the best. He was just the guy who was allowed to be his character the most when. The world title was like, you know, Raven and the Sandman and and the world champion's always being like flipped over, but he's the guy who's like booked better than the world champ because he doesn't like there's no drama in the match. He just fucking those RVD Jerry Lynn matches <coughs> is essentially Jerry Lynn selling for thirty minutes because Rob Van Dam's beating the fucking piss out of him. Uh, and then and there's a lot of chain there's a lot of chain wrestling and they do a bunch of crazy fucking high spots and the yeah. reversals into kicks. One of them is flying a foot at the other one from the opposite direction. But that's why Jerry Lynn is like, Jerry Lynn RVD was good because Jerry Lynn, yeah, exactly, because Jerry Lynn's like very much meat and potatoes and RVD ain't nothing but spicy, spicy sauce. You know what I mean? Like Bar- Bar- RVD's, <laughs> RVD's the guy, RVD's, how would you even say it? RVD is, um, R- RVD's, all right, this is a basketball analogy that I have to go with. RVD's Amari Stoudemire. Uh, but RVD's the guy who's like, how do you score? How do you score uh, points? And then like, you know, a guy like uh, <laughs> this is another basketball analogy, but Rip Hamilton, who I would say is Jerry Lynn, would like, oh, well, I shoot the basketball, or I go for a layup, or sometimes uh, they run a play for me, so I'm open for a second, so I hit a, a two point shot. And then Amari Stoudemire is, how do you score the basketball? And he's, oh, I jump over everyone and I put it in the net. 
do they ever run plays for you? Oh, they don't need to. I, I just I get the ball and then I'm big net. strong yeah. and then I throw it in and then it's done now. Like and th- that type of ca- and stop yelling. You're ruining the levels. No, it is not. I am being opinionated. See, I told you it would be two and a half hours. But oh. that's what I'm saying. Like it, it's very. Frustrating. I want you to know that we haven't even started the show. <laughs> <laughs> it's very frustrating. Also, my meeting got canceled, so we can go a long time. <laughs> Rub it in. Um, I want to then. That's actual nut. Uh, is it? No, it's, I don't feel anything. I feel lower. I don't want to. <laughs> yeah. 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 We're going to kiss. Um, well, it is getting dark out and there's no light on. Um, but I'm one of the kind. I don't know what my point is. It's basically here's legit. I, this is I'm going to say 15 I, years of frustration. And then I will. What I will do is I will watch that RVD Jeff Hardy match and then I will put my head down and then I will turn the TV off. Because that's how much I care about Rob Van Dam. It's a missed opportunity. It stinks. He started, and this is a very small thing, but when he started, <laughs> I knew it was over for RVD when he started shaving his chest when he got in the Fed and when he had an undercut ponytail. I was like, it's over. This is all done. It's all done at that point. Undercut ponytail, and he starts shaving his chest and shoulders. Because he used to have like... I remember. He used to have this like it sounds weird, but he didn't look. He looked like just a natural pro wrestler dude. He d- he had that world record with the splits thing, um, and then what? if you want to skirt over, yeah, he's the only guy who can do the splits and lift weights at the same time. He was the first guy to. He basically invented an exercise, and then the Guinness was like, "Well, you got to lift a lot of weight if you want to have a record." And he's like, "All right," and then he's lifted like three hundred pounds while he did splits. Jesus. Yeah, it's really impressive. Um, and if we move on through his Fed career, they turn him to a stoner. They basically turn him to Spicoli. Yeah. And then they try and give him the title. But the way they give him the title, like I just said, he's the highlight reel. He's the guy who you never want to see go you're through glossing anything. Over, okay, you're also glossing over. There's also a lot of backstage turmoil. A lot of people didn't want to work with him. Triple H, <coughs> he was also one of the... He's I understand, because he's a fucking... Like, he, he could show up wasted and kick you in the head and you got a concussion. You can't Yeah, but he never him. did. That's the other thing is there's... It, Hank Aaron held his bat wrong. How the fuck am I about to do a baseball metaphor? He just did. Hank Aaron held his bat wrong, but it never fucking affected his game. And for fuck's sakes, Triple H can talk about all he wants. You're getting in there on fucking anabolic steroids, you big b- eyebrowed fuck. No, but Let's that's talk- the thing. But that's the thing. Okay, but hang on. Let I, I want to talk. Yeah. Is that it's also a personality thing, and I think also the fact that he's associated with ECW. People, they didn't want to take him seriously because he wasn't created by them. And it would have been said, was why didn't he come there early? It would have looked bad in their fucking warped heads. And there were so many op- missed opportunities that we don't even know. It was originally pitched that he would be the leader of the alliance and feud with Stone, o- Stone Cold Steve Austin. One of the uh, original endings for Invasion was he was going to possibly be one of the surprises that came in and booted fucking Kurt Angle. And he got that's why they got the pin. There was a couple of ways you could have done it. That would have legitimized him a lot more. So moving forward, when he doesn't need to be the stoner character, and also even if he's a fucking stoner character and he is Spicoli, doesn't mean he still can't fucking kick heads. They just booked him terribly. Even when they had a shit ton of people he would have worked well with. Put him in Chris Benoit a fucking match. Yum, 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 yum. Yeah. I understand this. Which is voicing our frustrations. It's also, I think, it comes from the fact that this is the first wrestler that you and I both grew up with, that we both loved, and we got excited. He's like... RVD versus Rock. This will be awesome. And then he gets there and they sh- fucking shit on him. In the same way that you got frustrated with the CM Punk shit and the same reason I got frustrated with the Daniel Bryan shit is that this is a guy that we legitimately for the first time in a while wanted to see and we never got the opportunity to see him push the way we knew he could back in what the CM Punk thing. the day. <laughs> but the CM Punk thing, at least you get flashes because he's the kind of guy who has that type of personality where he can walk out, do 10-minute promo, and then I get back to that. I think that Rob Van Dam is capable of doing a good promo. I understand that you don't necessarily believe it, but I do think that he. Um, uh, there's a difference for me. I understand. For me, there's a difference between doing that ten-minute thing, where essentially what you're doing is a monologue. Like there's a difference between doing a promo and acting. And what you're essentially asking all these guys who are the face of your company, RBD's a good promo. He can build up, he can build up like wrestling, a reason to wrestle someone in a minute backstage yeah. in an insert. But there's a difference between, if you think about the formula of the match, it's a monologue for two minutes about whatever you're angry about. Someone comes out, you do 
a little, for lack of a better word, sketch. You know, mm-hmm. sometimes it's comedy. Sometimes it's just like, I don't know what you would do, like a, like a small one-act play. And then, uh, and, then a, and then a fight scene. An RVD can do the fight scene, but the like eight minutes of just the way he talks and the way his character is, it just can't carry that eight minutes. And I don't think that you should. I don't. That's the other thing. I'm not blaming him. I don't think that's the way wrestling has to be. I don't think that's the way it should be. Here, here. You should just fucking start out. I don't know how you start the fucking show, but you can start it a different way. You don't have to have fucking dick ass walk out with a mic every week and be like last week. The big show stole my jacket. You have the fucking commentators. That's the other thing. Is Get. use the fucking commentators. You can, and also you can link to the other platforms you have. Go on Twitter for our ninety-second recap of Raw last week. That's why this. That's why it's Rob Van Dam in the ring right now with Big Show. This is what happened on SmackDown. Rob Van Dam was seconds away from becoming, um, from beating Chavo Guerrero. Just random things which would have put him. Fifth into the contendership of the World Championship, Big Show. We don't know what the Big Show's motives are, but Big Show attacked Rob Van Dam, and that's why we're starting tonight off. Rob Van Dam, Big Show, they walk into the ring, bing, bang, boom. It's all you need to do, and I understand it's a very easy way to break the formula. It makes it a bit more high impact, and it adds a little bit more reality, because I'm not again, let's not try and criticize Baron Wrestling, but let's just say that they need to start gearing towards a more reality-based program, because they are competing with the UFC, and the UFC is real, so fucking make the fake thing look a bit fucking realer. Every fucking movie's gone grittier again, yet the WWE, as always, loves being fucking 17 years behind the fucking times. Yeah. And it's not about fucking people giving birth to hands. It's about put some legitimate things in it so it's sports entertainment. Make it so there's contenders. Put time limits on it. All that sort of things. And that's well, it's just a stru- it build a structure for your television exactly. show. Let's get now to uh, second one night stand. I want to talk about that match with right. John Cena and Rob Van Dam. Have you watched that match recently? Yeah. Do you love it? No. It's not very good. It's the weirdest ending of any match, particularly because why the fuck is Edge wearing a fucking motorcycle helmet? He's already a bad guy. Well, because he needed to get in the arena because he wasn't one of the allowed, I don't know. It's just right a- there. That explanation would have totally been fine, and I, as long as someone had said that, as, they, as Joey Styles is going, of course he's wearing a motorcycle helmet because we kick the WWE wrestlers out once they're done their matches because fuck them. Yeah, right there. That's all I needed for to understand why that's done. But I, it has bothered me to this day of why the fuck is Edge wearing a goddamn motorcycle helmet? We knew he was there. Edge, by the way, was fantastic in that. In uh, that was fucking amazing. I love Edge in that pay per view. He's I'm going to say the best performer in the pay-per-view. When it's Tim McFoley versus Tommy Dreamer and Terry Funk. There's so much there's so much wrong with that pay-per-view. So much wrong with Edge it. is the Anyway, but so let's talk about it. let's talk about RVD though. They literally book him the opposite way as he should because yeah. they have John Cena who has far more boring and I understand building up the heat on the heel essentially, which is Cena what Cena was. Mm-hmm. And by the way, Cena is a fucking team player for doing that because basically if i remember correctly this was what i was like full conspiracy conspiracy theory fucking uh loser wrestling loser but i remember you mean me now <laughs> but i remember being you mean like me today you mean <laughs> me in 2015 well also this is this is just in- incriminating for both of us as people but um oh yeah we've literally i want you to know that we started with going through Rob van dam's career and we're at 2006 33 minutes ago <laughs> we talked about ecw and we literally were yelling about how he was booked are you ready i think for about 20 minutes yeah of course and i got more in me we haven't gotten to when he feuded with fu- oh that fucking cane thing uh, <laughs> bugs the shit out of me but uh, let's talk about this all right well uh all right but they have the guy doing and i understand and cena but i just want to say i love john cena he's a great wrestler who doesn't because he, I love John Cena too. If I remember it correctly, he basically <laughs> beats Triple H for the title. But I think, and this once again is conspiracy theorist, I think it's just because Triple H didn't want to go into East. Triple H should have gone in to that arena as oh the champ, boy. as the face of WWE. But there's no way he would have let that happen because he would never put him in a posi- put himself in a position to be booed like that. Whereas John Cena is the guy. He didn't give a fuck. Well, John Cena's like the company man who's like, I gotta be booed, I gotta be booed. Yeah. 
and the John Cena, Cena sucks, all that shit really heats up after that pay-per-view. That was, I, I agree. It was also the first time, like, the way he also, he also, the the lead-up of that match, the beginning of it, is fucking beautiful. Because John Cena walks out, and he's, you can, I don't know if this was on purpose, but he's trying to act like he's at a WWF. Like, yeah. he comes out and does, like, he throws the t-shirt in the crowd, and they throw it back. Yeah, it's great. And he tries it again, and you can see him, like, get frustrated. Like, he's just like, this isn't how this fucking, which you just fucking I love it. Pl-. And it, you love it. You, I, I choose to believe it was a choice on his part. It works really well. It has a nice sort of... It's just great. It's fucking yeah, great. But you understand what I'm saying, though. Triple H doesn't want to put himself... I, I'm the face. I don't want to put myself in the position to basically be punked out. I agree. And, and have I was, to lose. I, I was just saying how well John Cena did that. Oh, he's great. And how well Triple H would have been in that situation. Him being booed and he's doing the fucking water spurt and like they're fucking throwing shit at him would have been great. No, but that's the thing. If he would have done... The, that's what, not what I think of. That would have been a reason enough to not for me to not do it, because when he would have done the water spurt, I think he legit would have been hit with at least one full beer, if not a bottle of beer. Like, like he, someone would have snuck in a bottle and bottled him in the face as oh, he was doing the fucking. For thing. sure, they like they because again, it's one of those things where all those wrestlers because be like, he would have had to be scared, and that's not his. Yeah, there would be some legitimate concern. Yeah, he would have been booed like fucking crazy. Yeah, and also. He probably like, okay. He Cena was beaten ECW clean in that only one guy interfered. <laughs> it's like like you know Vic Grimes, all the Baldies. I know Vic Grimes was in the Baldies. New Jack, Mustafa. Yeah. Uh, like they would Rhino, and then the I the ghost of nine one one would <laughs> have to all come in for Triple H to be comfortable losing to Rob Van Dam. Yeah. Because for fuck's sakes. Well, that era Triple H is just like. Yeah. The DX are. The whole show and then oh yeah that was that the the DX was back again yeah that was two thousand six so, yeah. that would have yeah. been fucking Christian DX yeah <laughs> oh, yeah <laughs> yeah D- degeneration ten in X. the morning degeneration X degeneration X has two words for you specifically delivered by only one of them suck it <laughs> and we refer to you that in a metaphor not actually our penises unless you're married and we only do that on birthdays <laughs> um. But anyway, Cena Cena does the whole match. He has way more boring moves, and uh, RVD's the underdog who wins. But it's like RVD's not the un- that completely betrays the character that works. He's not the underdog. He's not good at. I didn't think RVD was the underdog in that match. You knew what was gonna. Ha- there was no way. John Cena, RVD did. Which moves did he do? I think he did three moves to John Cena, other than the frog splash. Because there was the he one... He does Rolling Thunder. I know he does Rolling Thunder. He does Rolling Thunder. He crotches Cena on the ropes and tries to hit the backwards he, uh, And he thing. doesn't get that. And he No, and yeah, and Cena fucks it up. And then he does the spinning leg drop uh, while Cena's over the guardrail. Yeah. Or the... Yeah, the spinning leg yeah. drop over the guardrail. That's pretty much it. And then he, w- and then he wins uh, against Cena. Uh, blah, blah, blah. Everyone's happy. But it's like, it's not a back and forth match where Edge interfered and they were that close. It's basically inferred that... John Cena was going to fucking easily squash Rob Van Dam. And then... Again, I see your point. It's one of those situations where, as far as I remember it... I don't know why I'm yawning and talking. As far as I remember it, I'm watching that pay-per-view. I remember watching it with Gio, my friend Gio. We drove back from the camp <laughs> we were working at to watch it specifically. Just like the yeah. year before, where we would come back from a party. And it was like ECW One Night Stands On. And I was super hungover and wanted fried chicken. And I was like, we're going to go buy some fried chicken. And we're watching the fucking <laughs> pay-per-view. And it was the second one was so fucking such a letdown. Also, because the fr- but the match was also incredibly short. That's the other weird thing I always remember about the RVD John Cena match. It's about 10, 15 It's wasn't it? ten minutes flat. Like it's not. That was the weird thing for me. Is I was always like, do more. You got two guys that you you just it, you have the, a captive audience. This is the, I think the last time where the people in the fucking crowd aren't just waiting to fucking chant. JBL, JBL, JB, like oh yeah, yeah. That's not a full. It's a, yeah, it's an audience that's engaged and not just trolls. And then what happens after that? Well, Paul Heyman briefly takes over ECW and books it worse than anything I've ever seen in my entire life. Well, the but this is WWE ECW, so and it's like part of the problem is that his champion does as Dylan predicted he would if you put him in a main event spot. 
gets arrested for having weed on the fucking Jersey Turnpike. <laughs> but did you know what? Uh, he actually didn't get arrested for it. They suspended it for him. Sabu, he never was arrested. Sabu was arrested because Sabu was like, it's all mine. Yeah. And because in his head, you have to protect the champion. That's great. Even though, like, it was a sh- like it's a shockingly large amount. Like, it's a lot of weed and pain pills. They were having a great time. And they're driving. Oh, God. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Sabu, well, yeah, uh, we, we can talk about Sabu another time, which I've got some anger of words that thing, too. But, um, but anyway, you move, as move past this, basically, he drops the title. Uh, he gets caught for weed. He drops the title. Um, he leaves the Fed shortly after that on that because he, he wins. He wins his final match, doesn't he? Yeah. The concussion thing. Yeah. No, this he wins. It's the concussion thing, but they sit, but Randy Orton gives him a concussion. There's something but he we- wins his stretcher match to leave the company, and he goes to TNA, where you're like, okay, RVD's reborn. Oh, I forgot he went to he TNA. He goes to TNA, RVD's reborn. They're going to book RVD as the human highlight reel again. They're gonna, he's going to be the cocky asshole. A couple of problems with that. What do they have to lose? They're TNA. They could just say, like, not yeah. only do I do weed, but I started doing coke. <laughs> Whatever, right? Yo, the dream match with AJ Styles, which they start talking about, and then they completely like fuck him over, and then that's it. Because well, like, you know, because who it was like who else weeks. also recently joined the Fed right at, around the same time? We mean the Fed or TNA? The TNA, uh, Hogan. It was Hogan, the main event mafia yeah, yeah, bullshit. Yeah. Like literally, this guy can't go anywhere without, and you can't even call him a vanilla midget, Kevin Nash. You fuck because he's not. He's fucking like my height. He's kissable. But that's the thing. Like, I think it was like a couple. Yeah, because he comes in shortly after Kurt Angle, and then it's like Hogan and them come in, I think. Yeah, because Kurt Angle. Yeah, it was around that time because Kurt Angle leaves after being in ECW briefly. And Which, then I mean, just, good Lord. If you're going to take. If you're going to pluck three people from that Fed roster. Oh, into that yes, TNA please. Roster, like, Angle, Christian, RVD, they'll all job. They're all top characters. Great. Easy. Looking at it on paper, good. how did they fuck that up? Like, it's actually impressive. I didn't even think about it. Oh, you could have totally just booked TNA as a regular wrestling company and had a fucking great product. Oh, my God. Just The, the only reason ROH is still around is because TNA is so fucked. Like, if TNA would have just... And even with the fucking name Total Titties uh. and Ass as your wrestling name company, they almost... They could have they could have basically eliminated... They could have been the super indie... That's on television, and they could still be on oh. Spike TV. It's insane. It's yeah, really they insane. would be essentially what NXT is now. Only, oh, 100 percent. And uh, and but like actually biting into yeah, biting at their fucking heels. Ah, oh, it's fucking depressing. I all right. Nope. Highlight of Rob Van Dam. Favorite thing. Oh well, then he came back to the Fed. Oh, favorite thing about RVD. Okay, we can do the. We'll come right, back. 90, let's, do, no. let's, do, let's do back. Let's, no, 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 let's no, 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 no. the timeline. It's pretty much over. We're fifty-two minutes in. Let's fucking make it the longest one. Let's make the. No, no, no. I'll, the we all we got to do is basically right, say now he works a part-time schedule. Nothing's really changed. He still has an undercut ponytail. Yeah. Well, all right. Best thing about Rob Van Dam, nineteen ninety-eight to two thousand. Best thing about Rob Van Dam is the Scotty Anton match with the unveil of Van Terminator. Um, that is the supreme way you book a guy like Rob Van Dam. He's the human highlight reel. He's not the star of your show, but he beats the shit out of someone, and he's the guy you walk away being like, man, I want to watch that guy fight for the title. He's a different... Here's the thing. He's a different Goldberg. He's an attraction. Yeah, he's an attraction. attraction. Exactly. He's the He's New Jack. He's Goldberg. He's he's Andre the Giant. Yeah. He's the Andre the Giant of smoking weed and kicking people in the Yeah, exactly. He's He's an indelible character who, you know... Uh, probably interesting for about four years before you got to kind of uh, introduce a new guy who's like that. But yeah, he's he's a he's a great attraction. That then the Scotty Anton unveiling of Van Terminator is the top moment. The worst thing about him for me, undercut ponytail and shaving his shoulders just looks weird to me. He uh he he just it, he was like really weird like. I don't know, man. I hate undercut ponytails so much. That's literally it. Following things I love about Rob Van Dam. Best trunks in the game. Yeah. Not sense. Looked so cool. And shouldn't. He's got fucking airbrushed fucking yin and yang symbols on his goddamn torso. It only looks weird now looking at how 1990, <sighs> like how badass 90s he is. Yeah. But if, also it's awesome that a guy, hey, he's like, of tr- course he smokes lead. Look how much karate logo he <laughs> yeah. has on his Hi, bucket. trunk designers. How many dragons can you get on the front? One. I think you can get five. That's why I love about that's. I mean, I never thought. 
Like, he's the most stereotypical. No wonder they booked him like that because all his trunks were like. Yo, man, put a bunch of fucking yin and yang symbols on there. How about a bunch of fucking dragons, man? How about Che? Can I get Che fucking trunks? Yo, Bob Marley on my trunks? Yo, man. Hey, fucking Vince, bro. Bro. Bro, Vince. I just got these new fucking trunks. It's a fucking weed leaf, but he's doing coke, bro. (laughs) Yo, weed leaf doing coke and straight up, this fucking chick is just sucking his fat cock. (laughs) He's got a fat weed cock. Anyway, can I be pushed now? <laughs> Yo, man, my new name ain't fucking RVD no more, man. It's <laughs> wait, you went straight. You went very offensive, East Indian. No, I didn't. I went. <laughs> my new name is a video. No, I went. Like, that's what you said. Ontario Canadian. I just hit the thing. You went so. No, ho- I didn't. You went, I went so hoser. You went into India. <laughs> that's ho- it's fucking classic Canadian. Like, bro, fucking listen, man. That's fucking Canadian. That is Carp Ontario. That. That is fucking the Drera brothers. Bro, it's the fucking carp fair. We're going to get fucked up by the shed and fucking go on the merry-go-round. I mean, you're just in and out of doing an offensive accent. It's not an offensive accent. It's the Canadian accent. Very offensive. All right. So his trunks were the best in the name, says offensive John Hastings. Best in the game. The, 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 the trunks, best in the game. I'm head bobbing and demanding pakuras. And uh, what's your worst thing about Rob Vandu? <sighs> I would say he... I fucking hated him in the invasion because it didn't make any sense that he would be with those guys. And I know it's nothing he did, but it's just the way they booked him, particularly in that angle, I find incredibly egregious because he was always booked as above uh, or separate from the ECW roster and he just wouldn't be around those guys. And I just thought it was just a waste of fucking opportunity that you really could have singled this guy out. You could have done what they did with Taz where Taz becomes the renegade. With the, There's a thousand things you could have done with him that was just fucking irritating. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. All right. Well, that's our show for this week. What do you think is the worst thing of Rob Edden? Oh, oh, I you said, said it. Yeah, undercut yeah. ponytail and shaved shoulders. Dylan, this has been the most fucking intense. He's episode. the most obviously shaved chested man I've ever seen in my fucking life. Next to you. Next to when you look in the Look mirror. at Rob Van Dam in 1999. Look at him I don't understand in why this- 2009. And tell me you're like... I can see the weird fucking stubble. This is disgusting. Wait, you don't uh, you don't uh, shave your back? Have you ever? I shave my back. Have you ever? I fucking shave it. I'll admit it right now on the podcast. Have I you ever fucking, had? Se- have you ever sex? I put hair. Have you ever had mo- sex with a woman and she's got a bit of grow back? Yeah, and you're it's like my favorite thing. I love it. I like. I like the feel. But that's on his whole body. I like it. It feels like my. Uh, the area around my dick is being slightly massaged by angry little elves. Okay, we learned something about John. Some tasty little cheeseburger for John. A little tasty gossip. Anyway, uh, I am Dylan Gott. I'm exhausted from this episode. Also, my phone has been blowing up the entire fucking show. And it's Someone's getting some tindies. Um, so please get us <laughs> a both on Tinder. Oh, I'm, I'm at Dylan Gott on I am, Tinder. I should have said. At the John Hastings <laughs> on Tinder. Um, please, someone have sex with us. We're so scared. <laughs> I am so scared right now. Uh, we're on Twitter, and we have a website. We'll add that in later because uh, we're recording this in uh, this is early June to be released in late June 2016. We're getting real honest because Dylan and I have yelled a lot, so we're exhausted. Um, we're backloading these episodes, so once they start airing, you're literally hearing this months from now. So hopefully neither of us are dead. Rob and Dan, that's why we're not saying episode things because... Hopefully Rob Van Dam is not dead, but if what he would is, be really scary, he could get some good play. <laughs> it would be really frightening if every time we release an episode, a wrestler happens to die, and it's the same wrestler. Maybe, maybe we could Celtic pride all these people and kidnap them so our episodes go up, and they'll have a closet full of wrestlers to play with. Is Celtic Pride your favorite Dan Aykroyd movie? No, it's my favorite. <laughs> it was Patois. It's my favorite Daniel Stern movie. Thank you very much. <laughs> Thank you very much for listening. We're not done talking about Daniel Stern. We'll do it off mic, though. Uh. What another stellar episode we've done. Right, Dylan? Yes. No meandering whatsoever. No, very much on point. Now, let's get back to the important business at hand. You want to read about us? You can go to our website, which is angelfire.therestlerreview.com. 
real. That's a real thing. Go sign a guest book. We have a weather page. You can see what the weather's like <laughs> in one city. <laughs> Which city? London. <laughs> Good. And okay. then you can follow us on Twitter at the John Hastings. At Dylan Gott, D-Y-L-A-N-G-O, double up that T. And we're going to create one for the show called The Wrestler Review. We already have. I for- always forget that we have that Twitter account already. Follow the show on Twitter at The Wrestler Review. We'll retweet the thing, so just follow us. It's all nebulous. Anyway, I love all of you. I love you. As people and as lovers, we are all one. We are Ouroboros. We are a human centipede. This stings too long.